Welcome to Stuck in Misery, the best Midwest sports talk podcast. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by Sam Renshin and James West. Fellas, the three-man band is back, and so is the Masters Fall Foilage in Augusta National. And guys, we're going to open this right up with the Masters in the fall. And it seems like ages ago that Tiger Woods won the 2019 Masters a year ago. It seems like lifetimes ago. Masters weekend is finally here. I cannot wait to watch it this weekend. And let's start out. Just your guys' first impressions of what you're most excited to watch this weekend at Augusta National. I mean, I, I think it just, it's been a while since I've really tuned in on, uh, on like a big, you know, golf tournament. Other than like, you know, the U.S. Open or whatnot. But it's just great to have the Masters back. It's like you have that feeling of just like sit back and relax and just listen to that, that, that piano playing music in the background. It's like just perfect day, just, uh, you know, watch some golf. And, um, I think with like the pandemic and whatnot for me, particularly, I played a lot of golf this summer. So it's, I'm looking at it in like a different perspective now. Like it was just a lot of more like appreciation for like how good these guys are. There's nothing like the masters really. Sammy out here critiquing, critiquing the pros on their form and their swings and their approaches. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's what I'm most excited for. It's probably more like what I'm most conflicted about. Cause it's like typically the masters is in the spring. And so, you know, you flip it on a little bit throughout the weekend. And then on Sunday, it's like, you kind of lay on the couch, watch the masters, take a little masters nap. Like you doze off and you hear like the crowd go wild. You kind of bolt back up and then you watch the replay, whatever happened. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. It's like, but this week and this year with the masters, it's like, you know, you have college football on Saturday, you have the NFL on Sunday. So it's like, it's like, what am I going to do? Am I going to flip in between the two? Or it's like, am I going to end up watching football instead? It's just like, it's like, I don't know. It's like, it's kind of more about I'm conflicted. I don't know what I'm going to do. I think it's really going to depend on the games. Honestly. I feel like every year the masters just like sneaks up on you. You know, just like, oh man, like it's a match. Like, oh, that's this weekend. All right. I get a little like, all right, Masters week. Let's throw in a fan duel. Like, let's let's get a little pool together. You know, <laughs> like I don't know about you guys, but I mean, I had this set up at home this week. I knew I told my boss like, hey, sorry, I'm 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 working from home like Thursday, Friday. You know, and I have like the TV in the background. You know, just you know, I'm working. I'm working. Sam, you're not you're not sorry. Let's be honest, Sam. You're not <laughs> sorry. And so, Sam, the sentiment I'm getting from you is like that two-on-two tournament with Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning against Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. It sounds like that didn't quite do enough for you. No, not at all. I mean, that just got my juices flowing, dude. Like I said, I'm a big golf guy now, so got to tune in. Big golf guy now. (laughs) All right, so we will go here. Bryson DeChambeau and Dustin Johnson are the two favorites headed into Thursday tournament. They're both at plus 750. Now, the leader after day one is Paul Casey. He's at seven under. Guys, I was doing some research, and I know Tiger Woods is coming off his Masters win a year ago, more than a year ago now. And one of the things that with Tiger, with last year's tournament when he won, he was 43 years old. The average age of a Masters winner has been 32 years old. And so if you look at all the Masters winners down through the years the only masters winner older than tiger woods was jack nicholas in 1986 when he won the tournament 
at the age of 46. And so just looking at this from the outset, to me, that automatically disqualifies a few guys. I'm talking guys like either Tiger or Phil. And so then you look at some of the guys at the top. I'm really excited to watch Bryson because to me, he is the definition of a grip and rip golfer. And I think you could also get that with Brooks Kepka. Brooks Kepka has dealt with some injuries though too. So I'm curious to see how these guys perform as we move along into the weekend. But is there a guy that you like from a gambling standpoint who you think could sneak up and emerge as a contender in this tournament? Mark, let me, let me hold you. Did I hear that right? Did you eliminate Tiger Woods from contention? Look, I know we golfed well today on Thursday. Four after round one. I mean, I think the last time he, he did that, he was he actually ended up winning the match. I think that's the best round he's ever had to start the Masters. So, I don't know, man. Yeah, you might be like regretting that. your words. Yeah. It's also like the first time, I think, in like 21 appearances at the Masters that he hasn't had a double bogey. You know, he looks good. In his interviews, he was saying that he really didn't hit a bad shot, except for, I think, one on hole eight where he just, like, didn't – he just didn't put it on the right level. And I think, too, especially from that interview, I think the greens are reacting a little different. I think they're slow. And so it's kind of – I think it, what that really comes down to is it's just the difference between playing in the, in the fall versus playing in the spring. I was listening to one of his interviews yesterday, and, you know, he just calm, cool, collected. But it's like I, – I, there was a reporter who like raised his hand and like was like Tiger. So, you know, realistically, you're so and so years old. He's like, do you realistically like expect to compete this year? And Tiger just looks at him like he's like just mind blowing. Like, are you serious? Did you really just ask me that question? And uh, he just like, yes. Like, I expect to compete and I expect to play well. And so I just think you know you can't count him out. You can't. He's, he's going to uh, be thinking around. And that's fair, but let me counter. Let me did counter you see, here. Did you hear the fan when he was on the driving range? And goes, he goes, Tiger, what do you think about the guy that, that put 85 grand on you to win the Masters? And he just smacks his driver, and he turns around, and he goes, great effing bet. Except he didn't <laughs> say effing. He, he just he let it rip. Yeah. Uh, let me yeah. counter here, though, fellas. The last golfer to win back-to-back Masters was Tiger Woods. In 2001 and 2002. Now, that comes with the caveat and with the understanding that Spieth nearly did it five years ago. He won the tournament in 2015 and then was the runner-up the subsequent year in 2016. But my point is, is it's just really, really difficult to win the Masters in back-to-back years, which is what Tiger's trying to do this year. 100%. And I I just think we can't count him out because he played really well at the round one. But back to your question, Mark, the two guys that I kind of had my eyes on were Dustin Johnson, because he's playing, you know, lights out golf right now. Um, in the past couple of tournaments, he's placed second. Last, I think he's placed top 10 the last X amount of years. Don't have those stats handy with me. But, and then also, I like Xander Schleffley. I think he's really coming into his own. Like, he played really well at the Masters last year. Really, he played really well at the U.S. Open, but he's kind of like choked down the stretch. And I think that, you know, without the fans being around at the Masters, I think that kind of would give him more of like an edge. You can kind of take the pressure off a little bit. So those are the two guys I kind of picked. Other than Bryson, like Bryson just reinventing the game of golf, it seems like. Like you said, just let it rip and see what happens, and I'll play from 150 yards in. You know, and that automatically gives him such a different advantage. Somebody I was talking to was saying that he mapped out the golf course, and on most – like holes 
he won't have to use anything on, like higher than a seven iron if he hits his driver well, which I don't know if that's true or not, but I think that's just nuts. Like where most people are been using woods, like he'll be using a seven iron. But yeah, I mean, those are the two guys I, I kind of have my, my eyes on. What do you think, James? I don't know if it's necessarily about like any guy that I would bet on to win. For me, it's more about like making sure that or like leaving the opportunity for your your big name guys to be in contention on Sunday. I think that that's really what it's all about, and that's what makes a great Masters. And usually you can throw in like one of the young guns in there that's trying to like break through, and it just like always makes for a great Masters storyline. Right. I think that's what it's always about. It's always about like you got to have your vets make it through to Sunday and like all of them be, be in it right to the very end. And then like have a couple of these young dudes and just seeing like, Hey, can they break through? Like, is this a new and up and coming name? Cause it's kind of like in a way the masters is kind of like the super bowl, right? Like there are other made, there are other majors, you know, the masters is the one that, that a lot of people tune into and a lot of people watch. And it's kind of like the crown jewel in, and the PGA Tour, as far as majors go, I think, in a lot of people's opinions. So, James, you raise your one there. It's not just the Masters, it's Masters Sunday. It's like, let's be real, you can start off great, but you can collapse, like, you know, on Saturday and not even make it to the Sunday. But if we get like three or four guys that are like, you know, big names or up and coming guys that are just fun to watch on Sunday, like, yeah. they're really not much better. I mean, yeah. It's, it was like, you know what I mean? Like, do you remember like that Master Sunday when Bubble was there and he was like under, he was like under the tree and he just like, I don't know what he did, but he's like smacked front of the tree and just like laid it right up on the green and, it, and everyone just like, oh my god, like, how, like how did he even do that? Like, it's like, it's just, it's just. Uh, well, I think what makes a great Masters is just like some of these guys like hitting incredible shots when that when all the pressure is on them, like when they have to hit it or they have take- to sink when they have to sink like. I don't know, a 30 foot putt to stay in contention and they do it. And you're just like, how did that even happen? Like that's just, that's impossible. I think that's what makes a great master Sunday. Let me piggyback off that and go on the flip side of that. Remember in 2011, Rory McIlroy at the age of 21 goes into master Sunday with a four shot lead and he finishes eight over par in his final round. And so you get the flip side of that as well of someone who can't quite handle the pressure of yeah. a master Sunday and Rory still at this point in his career, trying to complete his career grand slam as well. And so you talk about from a storyline standpoint, you get a lot of the great shots, a lot of the great moments. You also get some of the meltdowns at times of guys who can't quite live up to the big moment. You know, what was it when you already mentioned this and I, and I kind of interrupted you with it, but it was like when Spieth kind of had his, had his collapse in that second masters where he was, mm-hmm. where he was ahead. And honestly, like, do you guys like I don't know I kind of when you look at it it's like sure he's competed at a high level and everything but it's like has he really been like the guy since that collapse and I would say arguably he hasn't you know it's, it's, like, it's like the pressure it's like they it's like they it's like it broke him and he's like just not the same hundred you know? percent dude it's like you got the he's got the yips or I don't I don't know I mean he's been close I think in big tournaments since then but it's you're right you don't look at speed as like he used to be the guy. And now you don't look at him nearly as like that anymore up there with the Rory's or with the Brooks Kepka's, you know, or Dustin Johnson's like, you don't look at him the same 
ever since I, that collapse. Yeah. And the only no. other major he's won since then was the Open Championship in 2017. And James, that goes back to your point about the Masters being the crown jewel. Because I, you know, I don't think your average golf fan or your average sports fan is going to know something like this. But he hasn't quite been on that same stage that he was when he first came onto the scene. I think a lot of it has to do with just the amount of talent that's in the PGA now. When you watch the Masters or whatever else, it's like, it's not like what it used to be where Tiger won it like what he's won like five times now. I don't know if you're gonna have like these guys that are winning multiple Masters in a row now, just because the talent pool is so deep. You got, like, it, it honestly, it's just like, if you get it once, like, dude, congratulations, you got it once. Right. It's just, it's the, the talent pool is so deep and there's always new talent coming up. And it's like, you have some of these older guys that are playing and it's like, are we going to have older guys moving forward or is like golf going to become a young man's game because you have to be able to drive it 450 yards to stay in competition. Back to that mindset thing. Like when Spieth won it, he was like an up and coming guy. So he was like, he was playing more like free flowing kind of like with not really much to lose where once you won, it's like, he's got that like target on his back. It's like, I got to follow it up. And they, they expect more out of me now. Which, like I said, I feel like golf is just like a mind game, like 24-7. So that's a big part of the, of the game that, you know, you have to analyze when predicting these guys. You know, Bryson could blow up, and that's always funny to watch. When you think about, in the saying on the, the topic of the talent pool, like that's why like Tiger winning the Masters in 2019 was such a big deal because it, huh. it not only was it like, that he won, won it for the fifth time. time, but it was like, okay, he can still compete, you know? And it just like goes to show you that it's arguably the greatest golfer of all time. Only 44, like the, not that old considerably. For, like when you look at, when you look at the past of golfing 44, like that's not over the hill by any means. And it's like, you have this pool of all this young talent that he arguably inspired. He's barely keeping up. Yeah, James, that's a great point because the last time he had won a major before last year's Masters was in June 2008 when he won the U.S. Open. And so I'm happy you mentioned, though, some of the guys that emerged onto the scene because two years ago when Patrick Reed won, I remember his famous quote was, oh, I just won my first green jacket. There's no guarantee that Patrick Reed's ever going to win the Masters again, let alone another major, and he hasn't since then. I remember that was his quote was, well, it feels great to win my first green jacket. And it's like, like, dude, what are you talking about? You're Patrick Reed. He's playing well today. He played well at the U.S. Open. You said he, he, hasn't, he hasn't got another major since then. He's right? not won a major since he's not won a major since he won the Masters in 2018. But I remember where his exact quote was, "Feels great to win my first green jacket." It's just like, dude, don't count your chickens before they hatch, and be grateful that you have one. You're etched in history for forever. But yep. hey, you know, good for him. He could, he's won a Masters. I haven't. You know, who am I? But it's just like, dude, like, how can you even have that mindset? Is is my whole thing. All right, let's go here because the Masters is always accompanied by CBS announcer Jim Nance. In your opinion, do you think he has the best job in sports? And let me go, here's my thought process with this. In terms of what he gets to do to announce the Masters, announce the NFL, announce the NCAA tournament, I would argue yes, 
But if you look at his counterpart on CBS, Tony Romo, the color analyst, he actually does less work and gets paid a lot more money. So I think it kind of depends on your thought process. But what do you guys think? So what, what's exactly your, your question? Who has a better gig, Nance or Romo? Do you think Jim Nance has the best job in sports? I think he's up there. I, but again, I think it kind of depends go? on your thought process. As far as broadcasters go? Is that best yeah. job? Okay. I mean, I think it's, it's cool that he does a wide, array, uh, wide range of different sports and whatnot. But at some point, I feel like, wouldn't it be better just to sit back and relax and enjoy the Masters and have a nice beer? You know, like have a nice ice cold beer, you know, chilling on Sunday. Like, I mean, I don't really need to be talking about how, how to analyze this green or how to like, which club to use on, on this shot and whatnot. I'd rather just sit back and like maybe pass out, like kind of fall asleep and then wake up when there's three, three holes left. And yeah. Nice you know. master snap. <laughs> yeah, we, we exactly. talked about this dude. Nance never. I think to take Nance, a master's masters snap. are like hand in hand. So Mark, I obviously I, I get, I get what you're saying. I just have to shoot the crap. I would, I, would, I can't think of anyone else who has a better one than him as, as far you know, as what, what about, what about like, uh, what about like, Dave Portnoy, you know, I mean, the dude eats pizza and just gets to to, <laughs> to joke around about whatever no, sporting boss. event he wants to do. You know, it's like, I don't know, like, what's are you be like, who has the better? You know, you know, I think it's to each their own. You know, I don't think that's something that can be compared. I think that he 100% had a successful broadcast career, and like Sam said, to be able to announce and call and and to entertain people for a multitude of different sports, I think just kind of shows how talented he is. I mean, I will say that Jim Nance is one of the best in the business though. Like I, I do just love here, love hearing him. When I'm Don't- watching this weekend, I'm not going to be able to get the thought out of my head of when Jim Nance greets us and says, hello friends that behind the camera, he's popping a cold one. <laughs> yeah. You know, hold up. You might. So uh, is, uh, is Nance not doing football? Oh, man, that's a good question. I would imagine that he's on the Masters. Is Romo going one-man band? Oh, there we go. James, we will get IT on this. We're going to get IT on this mid-podcast. He's calling up Jay Cutler, man. Jay Cutler's coming in. They're going to do <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That'd be must-watch TV. Would you guys not watch, like, to hear Jake Cutler call a game? I'll tell you what is – Jake Cutler was no, no, no. a talented NFL quarterback, but I think he was born to be on TV. He's just as good as a reality star, in my opinion. Jay, Tony, Tony Romo game. I would. I don't even. You could. You could have that game be like the Jets versus the Giants, and I would still tune in to watch that game. <laughs> the yeah. Trevor Lawrence Bowl. So we put it on this, and so here's what we found. Tony Romo has the week off, fellas. So. It looks like, I don't know, maybe Tony Romo making a a cameo appearance during the Masters. That could happen. More importantly, College Game Day is going to be at the Masters for the very first time during their pregame broadcast ahead of Saturday's college football game. So I'm excited to see the cross-promotion, how all of that works out. I will say one thing. I'm going to miss not seeing Lee Corso, the, the head ball coach, physically on site at Augusta National. I think that's something that would be a sight to see, but 
hats off to the folks at ESPN for being able to make that happen this Saturday with College Game Day broadcasting at the Masters for the very first time. That's going to be that's going to be a lot of fun to watch Saturday morning. And it actually worked out pretty well because nearly all the games got canceled this weekend in the SEC. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess that kind of transitions to our, our next topic. Sammy, that was, that was smooth, man. That was smooth. Missouri had been on a bye week after the Tigers lost to Florida nearly two weeks ago and would have had a bye week going into the Georgia game. That game is now postponed. And several other SEC games are postponed this weekend because Texas A&M, Tennessee is postponed. Auburn versus Mississippi State, Alabama against LSU. All of those games are postponed. So the only SEC games that you do have is Vanderbilt versus Kentucky, Arkansas against Florida, and South Carolina against Ole Miss. And you guys, with the Arkansas-Florida game, Barry Odom is back. He's filling in for Sam Pittman, the Arkansas head coach, who has COVID-19. So Barry Odom is going to be the interim for the weekend. You know, I'm really bummed. I wanted to see how Missouri responds after a loss. You guys know I was actually at the Swamp for when Missouri played Florida in a game that wasn't particularly close. It was in the first half, if not for two or three plays. But then in the second half, it was just the men amongst the boys. Mark, what was that vibe like when Dan Mullen comes out and kind of, in my opinion, starts the, starts the, the brawl? What do you Great think? Great question. So – we were at the halftime. A lot of times you leave your seat to get up to go to the bathroom. So my buddy Tommy and I are at the game. We start to do that. And then all of a sudden we hear a commotion. And it's like, well, what's going on? Because the end of the half is just about happening. Like, so like, A, what's happening? B, he got a text message from one of his friends that says, fight. So we go sprinting back out from underneath the concourse to see what's happening. And you had a brouhaha on the field between the players and you just had them absolutely getting after it. Mullen, both going into the locker room and coming out of the locker room, was like a WWE villain. He went full heel and was just trying to get the place absolutely psyched up. And so it's hilarious where after the game, you see – he tries to almost play of, oh, you know, we can't do this, especially with the pandemic. We have to set a precedent. We have to be, you know, more respectful of that. But his actions said otherwise. But it was, it was a sight to see, Sam. Yeah, it's all BS. But, hey, man, it worked for him. You can't – I think that they were a different team the second half. It definitely seemed like it because that first half, Mizzou stuck with them. And – you know, they look decent, but then I think just the wheels fell off and, you know, they, they definitely carried that momentum through halftime and really took it to us that second half. The one thing, too, that I would have wanted to see, you guys, we talk about how Missouri's doing in the SEC all the time. And I see after the game, because that was on Halloween night, and after the game, Mullen goes into his news conference wearing a Darth Vader costume. Right. If the Gators were playing Georgia, if the Gators were playing Alabama, the Gators were playing LSU in a season where LSU is competitive. Do you think Dan Mullen's wearing a Darth Vader costume to the, the post-game news conference? Like, I don't. If, if they win, yeah. I think, he had, I think he had it there. I don't think he – if he uh, – do you think he's wearing a Darth Vader costume if Mizzou would have beat Florida? You know, he had it there because he was like, if, I, if I'm, we win the game, I'm coming out in a Darth Vader costume. So, yeah, James, yeah. you're like John Beeline, the former Michigan Wolverines basketball coach. James is packing the super soaker 
in his luggage when he travels for March Madness. That's the kind of coach James West is then. That's what you're telling me. No, I'm telling you that's the type of coach Dan Mullen is. <laughs> I'm serious. Do you think – what think if so, so you you're, you're, telling, you're telling me that if they were playing Georgia on Halloween night that he was like, you know what? No, I'm not going to – I'm not bringing the the Vader costume. I don't think he does against Nick Saban. Really? Do you, do you I don't think a, there's any chance he does against Nick Saban. Do you wear a costume to a cocktail party? I mean, come on. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think he would. You don't think he'd do it? No. I mean, just the this the respect, like, you know. You're speculating. Like, you don't even like. All right, I guess we'll just have to wait and see till they play on Halloween. You know what I mean? It's like. Who who knows? Like whatever. How often does Halloween fall on a like well like once every I don't know how many years that it takes for Halloween to fall to fall on a Saturday, but it's not that often. Who knows? There know. was also a full know. moon. Maybe that sparked the brawl. I don't too. know. I know there was I'm not. I'm, I'm not getting into it. You know, whatever. The only other thing I really want to talk to you guys about regarding college football is some of the players who have had to miss time with contact tracing, and certainly I get. The understanding that conferences, leagues want to keep their players safe. But the problem I have with it is this, is that you are now running into circumstances where players who don't even test positive for COVID-19 because of contact tracing sometimes are missing more time than teammates who actually have the virus in terms of missing actual time and missing actual games. That's a problem that I see with college football and an example I would give to you as well with this past weekend's game between Clemson and Notre Dame is how is Trevor Lawrence able to be on the sideline interacting with teammates talking to them being in close proximity to them yet he's not allowed to play like that just doesn't make any sense to me so I can give you that answer because I was very tuned into that game very excited to see one of my teams the Notre Dame Fighting Irish finally win a big game upset number one Clemson at home and uh, and keep their home winning streak alive. Obviously, like the win, in my opinion, means a little bit less because Trevor Lawrence wasn't there. But I think as a whole, it was a it was a solid win because once again, Notre Dame has consistently choked. And and I think for them to come out, play the way they did, I think they played more physical than Clemson. And I think it was a solid win. And now you have to look towards the ACC championship. And I think you're going to get, I think you're going to another, get another great game and you're going to see like, you know, who truly is the better team. But they, they mentioned that Trevor Lawrence was able to be on the sideline. Uh, and you also saw that he was wearing a mask the entire time because he was no longer contagious uh, and he hadn't tested positive for coronavirus. However, one of the reasons why they did not allow him to suit up and play in the game is because they were still, he was still undergoing tests and they were still monitoring his heart so some of the cardio stuff that comes along with coronavirus for some of the other side effects so he was able to be on the sideline because he was no longer positive for coronavirus and he was no longer contagious but he was not able to play because they're taking into account his long-term health and safety i hear that yeah. just bad optics i'm it, like regardless it's just the optics aren't great and Look, James, I know that was like the Super Bowl for the West family, just given your connection to Notre no, Dame. Man, that was but I know a lot that was of Clemson a fans. Game. That was a regular season game. <laughs> I like how you shake your head with that. Yet no uh, deal, the fans decided to rush the, 
this, the fans decided to rush the field despite only being like a four-point underdog and going up against a backup quarterback. But that's yeah. nor here nor there. Just can't believe that after celebrating a win, you guys would put your guys, put all the students in harm's way, really <laughs> spread the coronavirus. Like, gosh. Yeah, man. No, I'm, just, I'm totally kidding. Like, congrats on the victory. Like, very cool. It was, but, a, it was a big win. It was a good win. Yeah. yeah Especially sure. in, in, that, in double overtime. I was losing it. I was FaceTiming Sam throughout the game. I was barely holding it together. I was a wreck the entire game. And I was telling him, I was like, this is it. This is where it happens. Like, this is where they shuffle back. We kept waiting for the dagger, but the dagger came. He was like, yo, Nordium looks good. I was like, I'm still waiting for the dagger. It's going to come. I was like, the longer it takes. The oh, like slow burn. <laughs> I was like, slow burn. It's just, I was like, it's just, I'm not. I was like, nope. I honestly, like, I didn't think that they were going to pull it off until they got that second sack. They got that second yep. sack in the in the double of in the second overtime, and I was just like, "Okay, here it is. This is where this is where it happened." And they dropped the ball, and I was just like, "I was pumped. It was it was yeah, it was that's huge. That was a huge win. That's a huge great. win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, they got to do it again. I was more surprised that Notre Dame like hopped up to number two than 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 actually winning that game. Yeah, certainly. In my opinion, it was the best college football game thus far this year really exciting game and one that went down to the wire and look I, I think we could all say this I would love to see Clemson Notre Dame square off again in the ACC title game if the both teams went out that's what you're going to get fellas final thoughts here on stuck in misery before we sign off yeah so uh not necessarily final thoughts but uh just kind of my shout out this uh this year especially given that we're in the coronavirus pandemic Make sure that everyone goes out and gets their flu shots. You can get them at your grocery stores at the pharmacy. You can get them at Walgreens, CVS, wherever. And just kind of like a PSA, you know, some Walgreens actually have vouchers. So if you don't have insurance or if your insurance doesn't cover preventative care, you can actually go and, and call ahead, see if they have a voucher, and you can actually get a flu shot for free. Otherwise, it'll be about $40, $41. But given coronavirus, Given the pandemic, make sure you go and get your flu shots this this uh, this flu season. Yeah, the Publix is in Florida, James. They give you ten dollars store credit if you get a flu shot at Publix. So that's an option that you have there. My final thoughts, guys. We are less than a month away from the start of college basketball, believe it or not, which is kind of mind blowing because it feels like it's it's been forever and that it would never come and then you know i feel like we just got football back and you know it always kind of sneaks up on you there but there was they just announced that the mizzou and the illinois bragging rights game is a go and there's a draw like a drawing today or sometime soon by andy katz will determine who gets home court advantage if it will be at mizzou arena or up in champaign illinois obviously there'll be no fans there but this is a big opportunity for mizzou and we'll get more into about like how they're, you know, we'll talk how Missouri's going to be looking this year, but Illinois is going to be a top 10 team, like the, at least to start the season. So I'm really intrigued to see how that game will go, but get your popcorn ready. Cause we got college basketball coming back. And I'm going to give a tease to the listeners stuck in misery. will bring back friend of the show and a guy who's filled in on the show several times, Kyle Kerwin, he will be on, on stuck in misery at some point down the road. So be sure to stay tuned to Stuck in Misery wherever you listen to your podcasts. This has always been a lot of fun. Good to see you guys again. We finally have the three men back for the first time in quite some time. But enjoy Masters Weekend. Enjoy 
college football action and the NFL action, I will go ahead and sign off here. For James West and Sam Runch and I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to Stuck in Misery. Take care and so long. Everybody.